I'm Tyler, Big Sentinel, Babyface Dennering. <laughs> I'm Connery over my big dead ass, Hanson. <laughs> when is that? <laughs> the, the, a bald, angry man says that to Neo at one point. <laughs> no, I think to Trinity. To Trinity and Morpheus. They're like, I'll let you in here over my big, my big dead ass. <laughs> I was like, big bald guy. That could be Morpheus. That could be... Bane. It, it's it's a white bald man, not balding man like captain. Bane, but just full on bald. Yeah, it could be. What's the kid's name in this? I don't even know. Uh, who knows? Ammo boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's his name. Ammo boy. <laughs> he was supposed to be sixteen, but he's like no, that's a twenty six. <laughs> he's like man. he's like thirty. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not young looking at all. Uh, he looks like me. He does, yes. It's like you're running around shoving ammo into giant mechs while a man screams. And going, oh, oh yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Who knew revolutions could be so scary? Oh, yuck. Every rev- that's why this movie's called that, because every revolution of the Gatling guns on the mechs. Mm, that's what it is. It's the ever-changing magazines, the revolving bullets, the awful plan. <laughs> They need shopping carts to go reload them. That's the most efficient way. Yeah, you'd think they have EMP hover technology. You'd think like they'd have like hover carts or something. <laughs> just their golf, their shopping carts, but they just hover. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, I don't know. I imagine it'd be less risky with all like the debris on the ground. Like it wouldn't trip and dump the ammo everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I guess they can't have any solar power technology either. Yeah. But they anyways, have that... this is French chat. Oh, what? Nothing. I'll say they have like electro ships that work. So I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Electro ships. Electro! <laughs> anyway, go, do the thing. Don't you know who I am? I'm Electro! I'm Electro, sh- I'm electro ships. Disco. This is the French. Chi- okay. <laughs> uh, should I say anything else for you to add on to as I introduce the show? No, I'm done. Well, I'm done too. I'll see you later. All right, bye. No. <laughs> this is the franchise, the podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Sometimes we reload the podcast. Sometimes we resurrect ourselves. Other times we think we re- have revelations, but they are indeed revolutions. Yes. It's not the Which, first time uh, I've gotten a name wrong a bunch of times over again. <laughs> Did you say it is the first time? It's not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't believe it. It is the dark, the dork crystal. The dork Remember? crystal. The Donald Duck crystal. The the Courtney Although, honestly, the Courtney Bear Jamboree. Um. <laughs> That's not even a movie we've covered. I just mentioned it last time. <laughs> Something you had no idea about. Um, I, I mean, I've seen this movie like twenty times, and I still get the the names mixed up because everything like starts with an R. They're all kind of like similar syllables. Mm-hmm. It's like either three or four syllables. Reloaded. Resurrections, revolutions. <laughs> Not a great example, but yeah. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. Yeah. But here we are at the close of the original trilogy, just with me and Connery. Yes. Because, uh, I don't know, our guest got blind and then sacrificed themselves to the Sentinels to ensure peace so we can keep recording this podcast. Exactly. Me, the giant machine baby, or I guess Tyler, the giant machine baby head, me... The angry, the angry man <laughs> shooting at machines. Knuckle up! <laughs> I didn't finish basic training either. 
da, 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 da. It's like half of this movie is just that man screaming. It really, truly is. Uh, if you can't tell so far, I I guess I don't love this movie. Yeah, neither do <laughs> I. <laughs> and uh, we'll get into, we'll we'll get to our thoughts, but before we do, we to do our usual segment of what's new. I forgot to do that last time. I was really disappointed with myself. Oh my god! Yeah. Did you record it later and put it in? Out no, of I didn't. I didn't do any ADR. <laughs> that's that's okay. Yeah. It's all good. I want to just, you know, get the content out there. <laughs> yeah. The guests will forgive you this time. Noted. This time. <laughs> Me, I've done nothing wrong ever. Yes. No, you're you're perfect. You're an immaculate host. <laughs> uh, speaking of immaculate, this is not an immaculate film, but oh wait, no, we gotta do what's new with We're you. What's new with you? you? Um, what's new with me? An immaculate transition. <laughs> Beautifully done. 10 out of 10. Uh, I've been playing Dying Light 2, and that's been mm-hmm. that's been fun. I'm having trouble getting into it. I'm having too many game syndrome, I feel like, where I have a lot to choose from, and so then I end up having choice paralysis, and so I do nothing. An embarrassment of riches, you could say. Exactly. It's an embarrassment of riches. I have so many options, and then I sit there, and I turn on instead like the Warhammer lore channel that I that I watch sometimes. And I'm like, like I can't pick. I don't know what to play. So I, I'm trying to get more into Dying Light too, especially what there's just so many games coming out this month. What is what is that game? Because it's I always get it confused with Dead by Daylight, which is yeah. the game where you can play as like uh, Leatherface and other <laughs> and scream, like Jason yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. This one's a the sequel to a. A video game that was kind of overlooked, but then got like so many patches and a lot of attention from like the developer that it kind of became like a little like cult success in itself. It's like a zombie parkour game. <laughs> I'm just imagining zombies doing a bunch of flips and stuff. You know, there are some zombies that chase you and like do parkour like next to you. And this game seems to turn that up a little bit. With this one guy that comes out at night and he'll like aggressively chase you <laughs> through rooftops and stuff. And I'm like, ah, yeah. but it's been pretty cool so far. It's it, they definitely need more like RPG elements. Like in the first game, it was very much just like slicing zombies. You don't know what their health is, but they kind of fall apart eventually. This one, you can very distinctly they all have health bars, so you can tell when you hit them how much longer it's going to take. Um, mm-hmm. The parkour feels a lot more fluid, so that's a really big improvement. They added a grip system, which I at first was like, I don't like this because the first game didn't have that at all. But I'm I'm kind of getting used to. It. I'm like this kind of could more, obviously mark some progression for the game so that makes sense but yeah for the most part they have this scary like day night cycle too where in the daytime the zombies are slower and more like benign but as the sun goes down turns to night they get more aggressive these different variants come out at night where like they're like bigger and scarier and uh yeah but also at nighttime there's like more cooler resources you can get that are like only available at that time so you can like play in the daytime but like it's like less risky to go out and get jobs done but you get like less rewards, but at night it's definitely way scarier. But you get more rewards, so you kind of just have to balance that out. What kind of you want play style to be? Is it like a is it a single player game or is it on multiplayer? You know, Dying Light Two is multiplayer. Uh, okay, but the first one was single player. Yeah, the first one was single player, but this one up to three people can up to four people can play. So I was like, me, you, and turn can all play Dying Light together. Oh, uh, so I was just wondering if it's like, oh, you run into other people like. I don't know. Like, if you ever played that game Rust, it's like one of those games where you just like 
start off as a naked man and you have to slowly build a house and stuff. Oh no, it's, it's it's not like an MMO at all. It's much more like okay. a single player storyline kind of game but you can also have like friends join you and then you're just tackling the challenges together gotcha mm, cool zombie zombie parkour sounds fun yeah it, it's it's super fun and then i just started listening to um this book that grayson kept recommending me listen to it's called a uh, mexican gothic and i just started listening to that and at first i was like eh but then i got the kind of like uh what's the word i guess inciting letter that the girl gets up from like her cousin who's like in this faraway countryside mansion and they like the, the her dad's like oh like her husband might be like abusing her or like something like i need it's like set in like 19 like 40 something so like they're all like really chauvinistic assholes he's like i need you to go there pick up your cousin from her husband because i can't get in contact with her because i only speak to the husband of course but <laughs> but the letter the her cousin writes is so scary and creepy that I was like, all right, I'm so excited to like get to this house now. I just finished the first chapter, but I'm kind of hooked. I'm kind of hooked. So I'm like, I'm looking forward to that. I listen to that now when I take Niles on walks. That's cool. Uh, you're listening to the audiobook? Yeah, I'm listening to the audiobook. The woman reading it does a really good job, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I was wondering who like the who the uh, narrator was or if they were like any good. Because sometimes, oh, I, I don't know. Like, I can look up her name. Frankie Corzo? Does that ring any bell? Yeah, Frankie, Frankie Corzo. Yeah, that's her name. Oh, okay, cool. I'm just on the, the wiki page for it. Yeah. From Random House Audio. Um, yeah, because sometimes, like, an audiobook, the narrator can really make or break. Absolutely. She does a great job. Um, she does all, like, need... the... She knows how to pronounce all, like, the people's names, too. So she she just sounds really good. Like, she just is a good person to read it to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I have a couple of those uh, Star Wars books that are, like, from a certain point of view, and it's a bunch of short stories. Mm. The first one's around, like, A New Hope, and the second one is around um, Empire, Empire Strikes Back. And there's a bunch of different narrators nice. per story. And some of the stories, like, have really great writers and stuff. Like, there's one by Matt Fraction and another oh, writer. That's cool. Um, which, that one was very interesting, but one of the alien <laughs> sounds was just, like, they're, like, playing a bat alien. And obviously, like, this is all sci-fi, so you're yeah. not going to have this issue all the time. But it was just, like, they're just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole time. I'm just, like, oh, my God, I can't listen to this for, like, 40 more pages. Like, <laughs> please just, like, put on a more normal voice. So sometimes it's just too much, like, because they're trying, because you don't have any visuals, so they're trying to immerse you. And yeah. it's just, like, sometimes I just want you to read out the word. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm no audiobook critic, but it's, uh. Sometimes they're nice, and sometimes I'd rather just read it myself. Mm, it's like I'm really tempted to read the Game of Thrones books, mm -hmm. just because I know they're different from the show, and I'm just kind of curious. And probably the guy who reads the book does a really good job, but he's also an old man, apparently, and an old man doing lady voices always turns me off. <laughs> like, he does, like, the voices on, like, the book, like, per scary, scary Batman, and going from, like, oh, I'm ready to, like... Oh no, good traveler! I'm like, oh my god, it just always puts me off. Yeah, because they usually they like also just like put too much mustard on it. I think. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think listening to the Midnight Sun audiobook, I think that's what happened. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. You can just tell when like a male narrator like it's not that they're male; it's that they're like putting on too much of a voice in a way mm -hmm. where it feels forced and actorly instead of just natural being part of the character. Yeah. Yeah, I I always uh, prefer a woman reading reading these books to me for some reason. I just feel like they always do a better job. Yeah, um, I guess this show or the book Mexican Gothic is supposed to be a limited series on Hulu. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. So. Yet to come out, but at some point in the future. But otherwise, um, that's it with me. Tell her what's new with you. Nice. Uh, 
I haven't watched too much stuff lately, but I did watch the other week this movie called The Angry Red Planet. Oh, what's that about? It's something that was, I think, on Criterion Channel for a long time or just Amazon. Like about a year ago, like just in the middle of the quarantine, I don't even know, a year, year and a half ago, I was watching a lot of kaiju slash monster slash just 1950s sci-fi movies. Mm -hmm. And I'd always see this one because the poster is pretty cool. It's like, it shows this, uh, they basically go to Mars. That's why it's called the Angry Red Planet. But um, it shows the monster on the front that's like a bat slash rat (laughs) spider thing. And, like, on the poster, it looks pretty cool. And, of course, in the movie, it's pretty cheesy. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. I just wanted to check out some sci-fi thing that I haven't seen before. <laughs> oh, that does look cool. Um, I'm looking at it now. It looks good. Yeah. And uh, But the movie itself, like, the plot is, like, so inert. Like, there's basically, like, nothing that happens in the movie except uh, all the male astronauts keep, like, harassing the, the one female astronaut. Oh, no. So it's like, oh, cool. Very... Uh, How forward, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so the characters aren't that interesting uh but there's some really interesting visuals where it, they kind of i i still i haven't looked it up yet but they do some kind of like negative inversion mm. of the film or whatever so everything looks like predator vision kind of oh cool okay like when they're inside the the sets inside the uh inside the ship that they land on everything's normal and then when they go on the red planet it's like kind of like really overpowering visually mm. where everything's like very saturated with red um so they had to do some sort of like color reversal or something i have, I have to double check on what they actually did but um it was definitely a trip and looked really cool that's good tight so i mean i would love to see that in a in a new movie like it's honestly it goes on for so long in the movie that it it, it kind of like overstays its welcome <laughs> but I would definitely like to see, like, it's a very, like, one-of-a-kind visual, and I'm surprised it hasn't been used more often, but, again, maybe it, they just thought that it was too much, too gimmicky. Yeah. Too far. I don't know. I just like to see, like, interesting visuals in, like, older American films, because you kind of, like, don't always expect it. Yeah, for and then sure. And you do something. Like, uh, Lily and I just watched uh, Susan Slept Here, like, a few weeks ago as well. Oh. Which is like a 50s movie about um, a girl. I don't even remember how it starts, but it's like this teenage girl moves in with this like man who's supposed to be 35, but the actor's like 57 <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, she moves in with him because she, she needs to be adopted or something. Okay. But then they end up like falling in love and it's all like really problematic. That sounds like but. a 1950s movie. Lily's coming in to, to correct me. Oh, okay, th- good. She goes to juvie. She's a juvenile delinquent, so she needs like someone to. He's like a screenwriter and uses that like scuzzy like, uh, like excuse where it's like, oh, I'm doing research for my next screenplay. Ah, perfect. But then they end up getting married, and uh, yeah. But anyways, I'm only bringing up this movie because yeah, obviously the plot is really problematic and. The movie itself is not that enjoyable. Um, the main character has like a um, an army buddy who like is basically his servant and will do anything for him. Interesting, and uh, it's a very interesting di- dynamic and can be def- for sure read differently nowadays. But the main thing is that there's a really great dream sequence in that movie. Okay, where like she's in a bird cage and like dancing around and like swinging, and it's just like very surreal and feels kind of like Busby Berkeley ish, but just with one person. 
Nice. Interesting. Uh, or kind of reminds me of the scene in The Shape of Water, if you want to do something more recent, uh, where she's dancing with the, the fish man yeah. in black and white and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and it's very, really beautiful, like the way they did it. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, this is so cool. Like, I bet David Lynch, like, I wonder if he's seen this movie. I bet he'd love the sequence. <laughs> he probably but, has. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's just like Americana and stuff. But yeah. Anyways, uh, those are two 50s movies that. Uh, are varying levels of problematic but have very interesting visuals. Angry Red Planet, you can watch on Criterion or Tubi. <laughs> and uh, Susan Slept Here was on HBO Max. Nice. What was it? Uh, you know, on Twitter today, I saw a clip of uh, from Hellboy 2 of uh, Hellboy and Abe sing- singing I Can't Smile Without You. And it, it made me smile really big. I don't know why. I think it's because you said the fish man singing in uh, Shape of Water. <laughs> I think he just dances. He just I dances, I know, but, you know. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> you really are a god. <laughs> <laughs> He's just does, he just does the, hello, my darling, hello, my baby. Hello, hello my, my ragtime girl. Ragtime <laughs> girl. He just puts on a top hat in yeah. front of Michael Shannon. <laughs> you really are a god. <laughs> you can sing, dance, and he looks like that. And he goes, no, I just wash my hands after using the bathroom, Michael Shannon. It's not that hard. He says, <laughs> Anyway, I, I like that scene a lot. It made me think of that for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great scene. Can't wait to cover Hellboy ah, at so a later excited. date. Yeah. Got to squeeze it in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. And even the new controversial, like, 2018 Hellboy? Yeah, Heller Boy. <laughs> Heller Boy Water. <laughs> more hell. More boy. More, uh, worse plot. Um, well, you know, you should just put that on the poster because it didn't make any money anyways. <laughs> you may as well just make that the tagline. <laughs> more hell, more boy, more worse plots. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get to it months from now. But we will. Anyways, what do you think of Matrix Revolutions? <laughs> well, I would like to refer to my previous statement. More hell, more boy. More bad plot. Matrix Revolutions? Yes, Matrix Revolutions. Oh, okay. What was the... I guess there's more boy in that... (laughs) There's the Ammo Boy. There's Ammo Boy. His his official name. There's Hell in the form of a giant machine attack. There's Boy in terms of the big sentinel baby face. Yes, I liked baby face, though. I did enjoy that a lot. I like that when Babyface Nelson came up with his Tommy gun and started shooting all the robots. <laughs> it's perfect. It's it's there's there's a lot wrong with it. I thought this one was increasingly dull. I'll say that. That's my final like I guess statement of this movie is I thought it was very dull. Just it went yeah, on for that... a very long time and there were there's a rare moment where my interest was actually like peaked. Yeah, I thought it was very boring. I, I didn't understand how an intense action war movie about the fate of mankind and machine kind could be so flat and just really just a boring movie. What would you think? Yeah, I think there's some interesting stuff in the beginning of this movie, like the first third, and I do like how it ends, but mm-hmm. um, like, so the first Matrix movie takes place mostly in the Matrix. They're just in... The real world, basically just in the ship. I don't even think they get designed until the second one, right? Yeah, they just get they get designed in the second one. Uh, Matrix Reloaded has more of Zion in the real world, but it it is mostly in the Matrix 2, and there's like a bunch of great fight scenes. Mm-hmm. And this one, like I get it structurally that they wanted to 
spend more time in the real world here, but mm-hmm. like the real world is very bleak. Yeah. It's not that fun. Everyone's very grave and serious because it's like the end of humanity, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a bunch of like drama that doesn't really work, I think, especially with the cat, like the two captain guys, like there's the captain slash I don't, I don't even know the rank. I guess the captain that was like in love with Niobe or whatever, like. Right. Yeah. Then, him. Oh, they're dating, but it was they, she was dating Morpheus. Yeah, and it's heavily implied she's still into Morpheus, and he's definitely yeah, and like, into her. Yeah, and all that stuff I didn't really care about. Like, it's I don't feel like it's really necessary. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like just to put some sort of drama in it. The Ammo Boy stuff just feels kind of like there's that uh, really extended scene with the two girls in the rocket launcher. Yes, that goes and, on forever, um, and I hated it. <laughs> some of it was kind of fun, like when they actually like blow it up and stuff, but. The actual design of the rocket launcher, I thought, was kind of like whatever. Mm-hmm. Same with the Max. Yeah, um, it's just really it's uninspired, just... and that's when I saw Babyface. I was like, "Oh, something cool." Babyface, Babyface Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Thank God he's here." Shooting his Sentinels out with out of his Tommy gun. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, the, the, like the middle parts of this movie are pretty inert. Um, to use that word again. Inert, but there's that captain, and there's the like leader of the mech guys, and really his only character trait is to just scream a lot, <laughs> scream as loud as he can. And it's like they're just trying so hard for it to be epic, and it's like not because you don't you're not close enough to these characters. Like maybe if it was Morpheus doing that, mm-hmm. but then unfortunately, some of the actors from the first movie, um, I can't remember his name. It's not Link. It's the other guy, but he he couldn't. He asked for way too much money <laughs> to come back, and they didn't like hire him back. Oh, so that's why that he character wasn't there. didn't. Yeah, that character didn't carry over. But um, so there's new characters that they're introducing, but they just you don't really know them. Mm-hmm. Like that's Link's like wife, I guess, one of the rocket launcher people. But like you don't really know her, so you just don't have as much. They're trying to do too much, I think. Like if they made it more, even more focused on Trinity and Neo, I think it would have been better. I agree. I also would just like to follow them like this, like intense, like crusade into the machine city with like her, him, Neo, maybe just the crew of the Nostradamus, just like trying to get into the machine city and that whole being the whole mission, just get to the machine city and just like losing people along the way. But you know, um, I would have probably preferred that to like an intense odyssey than whatever this than like machine war. Yeah, and if it became more even more like philosophical that way. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like an odyssey to get there as opposed to, they just like kind of flatten it out and show like the world at large. And it feels like they're just trying to like give people what they want, but it doesn't work that well. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like too dumb for the franchise. I think I agree. Yeah. It, it feels very dumbed down. Like I feel like, like insulted watching it. <laughs> uh, yes, because yeah, just all the... Sorry, I'm trying to like find the name of the ships and stuff right now at the same time. No, for sure. Nebuchadnezzar, that's what it's called. It's not the Nostradamus. It's Necrone- Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. right? Thank you. That's okay. It's so important. <laughs> you know, also in this movie, I last episode I said, how can the machines don't go to space? I don't think they can because there's an electrical storm going on, so it'd probably short out whatever they make. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I didn't really yeah. think about that because mm-hmm. they do go above the clouds in this. Yeah. But and uh, the ship shorts out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there you go. That's why. <laughs> so they did cover that. <laughs> there you go. They just flatten out the whole world to like make it like, oh, there's a franchise. Got to show all the characters. But you just don't have that connection to anybody like you wouldn't like Return of the King. Like everybody. Oh, yeah. That, that, everybody that matters in that up. one. 
and everyone's split up in that too. Mm-hmm. I guess Two Towers even more so, but Return of the King, there's you know, Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, they go up and meet up with Gandalf, um, and then Frodo and Sam are alone. Mm-hmm. And by by the end, everybody's pretty much in the same area. Everybody's in, like, the gates of Mordor and inside Mordor. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even need them to, like, all unite at the end of this. I just, the characters aren't developed enough to go for that kind of thing. They should have just, yeah, made it more Neo and Trinity, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, they have really great hey. chemistry, and it just was a shame. I was like, I just... I agree. Just should have been about them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It's like they shot this movie back to back with Reloaded, and this came out six months after. Mm. And people were already, like, not really feeling it after Reloaded. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, like, you said that was, like, you loved Reloaded. Like, yeah. I, the vast majority of people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, this isn't really what I wanted it, or, like, what I, this isn't as cool as I thought it was, basically. Like, mm. they didn't, like, buy the product anymore to, like, Whatever, that's a depressing way of looking at art. <laughs> yeah. Everyone took off their sunglasses and sheathed their samurai swords and left the theater, heads hung low. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> for better and worse. <laughs> Shook off um, their leather jackets. <laughs> yeah. Put back on the uh, cowboy boots. <laughs> like, I don't know. And their corporate attire <laughs> and went back uh. to work. <laughs> In their in their corporate attire and cowboy boots. In cowboy boots. <laughs> corporate attire makes way more sense for this analogy. I should have not <laughs> contributed whatsoever. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then this kind of just ends. Like I like the actual ending of the film, so I wouldn't say that the trilogy ends in like a wet fart or anything. But it's just kind of like disappointing. There's a fart leading up to like a really cool catharsis. I feel like. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm trying to think about that biologically, but yes. Well, it's like your tummy's sick, and so you fart, and then afterwards you're like, oh, I feel better. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like my stomach just hurt the whole like middle of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but what about the train man? How do you feel about the train man? Oh, I could give a shit about the train man. <laughs> oh, really? He's there for like two scenes. Yeah, but the fight scenes are cool. Uh, I guess, yeah. I, I was curious. There's that. I felt like I sat down watching it, and like as the bullets flew, I was like, you know, they upload all these like kung fu programs into themselves. I'd upload a marksman one because well, he probably has those too. It probably you know, does, I but guess. it just doesn't seem like they did them because they miss almost every shot they take. They're more concerned with jumping at each other while shooting in midair. Yeah, it's just like aimlessly shooting around the room. Would it interest you more to tell you who plays the trained man? Uh. Probably, yes. Who is it? Bruce Spence. I don't know who Bruce Spence is. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, but I could tell you he plays the mouth of Sauron in Return of the King Extended Edition. Oh, okay. I like <laughs> so that. Now you, ins- now you instantly like him way more, right? <laughs> I don't like his performance. His performance as the mouth of Sauron <laughs> is amazing in this. I would argue not so much. Oh, I think he's still pretty good. But uh, he also plays Tion Madon in Revenge of the Sith. We all know Tion Madon, right? Oh, yeah. Tion Madon. <laughs> he's the Utapauan. Wait, no, he's not even Utapauan. Oh, my God. I'm so. I can't ever work for Wikipedia. My my Star Wars skills are, are failing. That's another dream he... ruined. Yeah. <laughs> Better hang up the. Take cape. off your Jar Jar legs. Hang up the, <laughs> hang up the Jar Jar legs. <laughs> The Jedi robes. Um, he's the guy. 
when Obi-Wan Kenobi lands on Utapau, the sinkhole planet. Oh. And he's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. They and then he like, pulls him aside. He's like, they're all here. Help, please. <laughs> please help us. And he's, he's also the playing ju- creepy guys with weird mouths. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of which, he's the gyrocopter pilot in Mad Max 2 Road Warrior. He's just like a normal dude in that movie, but he's just like a very elongated man. Okay, cool. I like it. He's a, he has cool like bit parts. So, yeah, I thought he looked really cool, but then I also wrote down this note, he has a few too many lines, which now I'm remembering, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of looked like Cricket from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Yeah, same guy. <laughs> I find... Like something that really brushed by me, like the first like whatever eighteen times I saw this was the little introduction of the family at oh, the train station. I like that part. Yeah, they're trying to leave the matrix. Like they're programs that like support the humans, and they kind of like the dad. Um, like oh, well, the the mom and like the the husband and wife like had a kid without av- actually having any purpose for the kid. Yeah, basically like program without a purpose. So like we're leaving because of our daughter, otherwise she'll be deleted. Yeah, their daughter, Sati, who uh, may come around again. Ooh. But, yeah, so that uh, that builds more on the little um, world-building stuff of the programs, not just the Sentinels, not just the humans, but there's also the programs now who are like a separate faction. Some of them support humanity. Some of them work for the machines, like mm-hmm. or most of them do, you know, because they were programmed by them, but they are also like unshackling themselves they're like becoming conscious and aware that they can like have something more than just what their jobs are. And that's something that I never really processed for the longest time. And that's kind of like the most compelling thing to me in, in, in these movies. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the idea of the machines waking up being like, I don't, I'm more than some of my parts. I don't have to be this one thing that my machine overlord told me I have to be. Yeah. It's like a positive, uh, perspective on like the movie her <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> Where the ai is gaining sentience and like but also kind of like grows beyond humanity mm-hmm. but this is just like oh no like you know even if like a program's like hyper intelligent like it still seems like they just want to like live with humans and like find equal footing and that's about it i kind of forgot that in her the machines just choose to like ascend <laughs> yeah she just like multiplies right and then it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but she basically like just leaves him, right? She leaves him, and there's like a bunch of other different versions of the same program, and they all basically right. like, ascend into like the heavens in the end, and all the humans are left looking up, and I'm like, what are they going to do? <laughs> Come back and blow up the earth? I guess so. <laughs> like, I don't, They've seen some dark stuff now. But, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, that club like they go into to hang out with the Frenchmen again... Mm-hmm. That feels kind of rehashed to me. I kind of thought he was done. Yeah, it's basically just more intense, like a more intense rave. Yeah, like I wrote down that the henchmen there have gone full Schumacher. <laughs> I wrote down this is what Dos Bunker looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even been to Dos Bunker. I haven't. That's why there's a question mark. Where I say, is this what Dos Bunker oh, looks like? Right. We're going. We're going. We're going soon. We have to. Yeah. At every this night. Every night. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, it's just like the, yeah, the henchmen like silly at this point, like everything's like brought up to the, to the max, which is such a common thing in franchise movies where Mm. it's just like, oh, let's, let's just up the stakes. Let's up the looks of everybody. So they look even more like 
cool. But they just end up, there's a certain limit where it's like, this doesn't feel realistic anymore. Yeah, you, you said Joel um, Schumacher, right? They look like Schumacher Batman villains. Yeah, like from Batman and Robin. Yeah, they look like henchmen, or, or it's like, you guys look like jokes. You look cool a movie in the first I love, one. by the way, but it doesn't fit in this, no, this universe. It's not the aesthetic. So, yeah. It's just in Merovingian's there, and mm. that's about it. He says some things. There is the whole theory with, oh, to, to, to speaking of the Merovingian, the Oracle is played by a different actor. Yes. Um, how did you feel? Did that work for you? Because, uh, I mean, just that face value without getting into it at Hasn't all. she shifted for the past three movies to, like, different actresses? Well, she at, in the end credits of Matrix Reloaded, she's this actor. Okay. But before this, she was played by someone else. Like in the first movie, yes, she was played by someone else. Yeah, um, you know, I was okay with it because they kind of explain it away really fast. Where she's like, "I lost everything." I'm like, probably including her identity, and she seems yeah. to be an ever shifting program. So I was like, I was okay with it in the end. To be honest, I thought the first lady does a little better job performance wise though than her than she does. But you know, me too. Yeah, I mean, they're both good, but I think Gloria Foster, she she was the Oracle originally. Mm-hmm. She she was just phenomenal. Yeah, she was she was the bomb. Like she was awesome dropping like truth bombs on Neo all the time. <laughs> and then Mary Alice, she she plays the Oracle in Revolutions mm-hmm. and like the end credits of Reloaded. But uh but yeah, Gloria Foster is in the beginning of Reloaded too at the bench scene yeah. and everything. So um Yeah, Mary Alice is good still, but it just doesn't feel quite the same. And you're supposed to feel like I think like they found a smart way to write this because Gloria uh, Foster passed away, mm. and they're like, "Oh, this is actually kind of like a smart way of recasting because it actually can play into like the the film to some extent." Mm-hmm. Totally, it it does feel a little bit like where her acting like there's an excuse for it not feeling quite the same in that like, "Oh, I'm a different person, so yeah. I don't have to worry about it." But she just feels a little more unsteady, and she feels defeated in this movie. Yeah, which, I mean, she kind she of is, is because she's rooting for humanity, mm-hmm. but, like, things are getting darker, and she was attacked by the Merovingian. That's why she her code was altered, because yeah. he tried to steal, like, a shield from her, basically. Mm-hmm. Like Because there's also a pretty confirmed theory that the Merovingian, in an older form of the Matrix, was the Oracle. Oh, interesting. Okay. So the fact that he still exists when he shouldn't, he's like a floppy disk floating around, you know? Like, yeah. Um, he is jealous of the Oracle and, like, wants to take over. Because he has a lot of the similar powers where it's like, oh, he knows what people want, like mm-hmm. you see in Reloaded. Um, and The Matrix, when he offers the stake to uh, Cypher and when he um, <laughs> makes that lady go to the bathroom, <laughs> which isn't yeah. what actually happens nope. when she's eating the cake. But. Yeah, exactly. But uh, there was something else I wanted to add to that crap. Oh, oh that's right. For the, for the Oracle, um, Smith calls her mom. Do do you have any answer mm. to that for me? Is is it he being colloquial or is he just like, or are they like related in some way? Do they share a program thing or because he calls her mom and I was like that's out of left field. What? I think he's largely being colloquial. I could be wrong, but it feels like she's the entire program's mom. Mm, okay, and um. Smith is becoming more and more the entirety of the program. He's conforming everybody to Smith. Gotcha. So that could be it. I don't know if that's completely right, but that's how I read it. Mm. That makes sense. Um, I don't. I don't think she's actually like created 
I don't think the Oracle created Smith. I think the architect created Smith. Architect is dad and she is mom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. She's basically like the more she can feel the human the human side of the programming where the architect builds all like the perfection. I'm gonna make another Greek mythology analogy where she is Gaia and the architect yeah. is Uranus. So sky, which is very detached from humanity, and earth, which is very involved with humanity. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I guess one's a titan and one's a, a god, though, huh? Uh, they're both titans. I think they're even before titans, because they birth the, they make the titans. They make Kronos in that generation, and then the titans birth the gods. And the gods birth the humans, and the humans birth the programs. Yes, and the programs, who knows what they'll make. <laughs> More sequels. More sequels. And they make the space marines. Uh, what about Agent Smith in this? What do you think? You like Agent Smith? I do like what him. About- I every you know every time he showed up, I did have fun. Like I liked his confrontation with Oracle. I thought that was cool. And then the yeah. final fight just felt very slow to me. Yeah, just real quick on the Oracle thing. It, like, and going back to you calling to him calling her mother. Yeah, it does feel kind of like he's the abandoned child because mm. he is very much. Like she is very like pro humanity and she's very supportive of Neo in but he has to discover things for himself, you know. Yeah. But then again, Smith never had these opportunities because he's a program. I mean, I'm just spitballing all this stuff. It's not like this is no, all confirmed. It, it but... makes sense. And he is a machine who's awakened to consciousness and a very aggressive form of consciousness. Yeah. And the fact that she doesn't side with him probably makes him mad. He is kind of like Lucifer ish or whatever, where it's like he could be a brother to Neo. Mm-hmm just on the other side but he wants all the power because this is what he knows because he he was defeated by neo something he thought was never possible mm-hmm. by a human but at the same time he yeah he just gains power in a way that absorbs everybody else and is actually killing lots of people yeah. probably in their in their tubes their uh <laughs> their nutrition tubes or whatever yeah, they're probably so countless dead people in those things now <laughs> yeah so therefore the machines want Smith stops, so that's why they need the whole truce with Neo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a lot of just <laughs> exposition, I guess, philosophical exposition. It's a lot of sentences but, in the pitch meeting for the third movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, but at this point, they're just probably like, yeah, sure. Yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, do you wish you can get that point, Tyler, in your in your career where you just spout out like the most like ridiculous thing that's ever come out of your mouth, and the a studio execs go, yeah, do it. That's uh, called a blank check, baby. Oh! <laughs> Our brother really podcast. <laughs> yep, we are the Agent Smith to the blank checks Neo. <laughs> <laughs> the dark shadow of a much more popular and but yeah, what's gonna happen? Podcast. We're gonna start infecting people. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the franchise is a virus. It's a virus. <laughs> and we're coming for you, Blake Jack. <laughs> oh my god. It's like it's becoming a wrestling match. <laughs> I Which hope they somehow get... hear this and they're just laughing like these idiots. Yeah, like that'll happen. But anyways, it's like yeah, it's like we have the first Pokemon gym badge and we're like, we're gonna go fight Giovanni. <laughs> we're going straight to the Elite Four. <laughs> Because life is conflict, and we can't have any more friends, even though we're called the franchise. I have my level eight Pikachu, and I'm ready. (laughs) 
Oh, oh, good God, I have a Thunderstone. I have a level eight Raichu. Oh, I can't learn anything? Oh, no. I I, I refuse to learn anything. I refuse to learn from my mistakes. (laughs) I will keep using Thunderbolt on the Geodude. It will work. (laughs) Oh, please. He has a Graveler. Oh, God. (laughs) Actually, I think it's a Golem. Anyways, I like the groundwork of this film. Because yes. the more I think about it and talk about it, I'm like, oh, this stuff is really cool. And I wish to some extent Smith could be not benevolent, because I don't like him being benevolent. No. But uh, as we'll see in the next movie, too, he's kind of a he's chaos because he has his own agency. But he's not just pure chaos. Like, he wants his own power, but he will help Neo if, he need, if need be. Yeah. It's the same thing with the machines. Like, everybody, nobody in this world is pure evil, like... Smith isn't just evil. He mm-hmm. just wants his own power. Yeah. Much like in real life. But yeah, that was a long rant about Agent Smith. <laughs> it's a good rant. He's arguably one of the most interesting characters in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And to go to that fight scene, it, it kind of just feels like like a big Dragon Ball Z fight. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's like the end of the anime where it's like you had the really awesome fight scene and like the midpoint of the series. And then this is like the one they're amping up to 11, but it just feels slow for some reason or like dull. Yeah, and it's more because they, they're both more just powerful. Mm-hmm. So they don't need to do all these punches and stuff. Yeah. Like at the Burly Brawl. But mm-hmm. I think the Burly Brawl is, yeah, just a bit much better. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, fight scene. I equate and it to one... Naruto in my head where the mid-season like <laughs> yeah. pain arc fight is like the shit. And it's the best thing in the whole series. And then you get to the end with the fight with Madara, and that's kind of boring to me. Like, he, when he fights a whole army, that's cool. But then, like, the fight with Madara itself, it goes on forever, and it's so fucking dull. Yeah, and in, in, in this, uh, I played the uh, Path of Neo video game as well for mm-hmm. PS2. Oh, so you, and you've I got done in... both Matrix games. Oh, yeah. Is I that the more Smith turns into a big building? Yeah, so I was going to say, I used to rent um, Enter the Matrix a lot from, like, the local video game store. It wasn't even, like, Blockbuster. Nice. Whatever, in, like, 2002. And then I bought Enter the Matrix or got it for Christmas or something. Or, sorry, The Path of Neo. Mm. The path Apologies, of- everyone who really cares about this story. <gasps> um, <laughs> but in that one, he turns in, like, all the <laughs> all the Smiths come together and, like, make one giant, like, kaiju Smith. Yeah. And like he has these big glasses, and I'm like, I thought that was gonna happen in this movie because I played that game too many times. Isn't it like, like a like weird cartoon version of the Wachowskis saying like, "This is why it's different." Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <sighs> I have to look into that. Yeah, I'll, I'll circle back on that in the next episode. I saw but... that like in a YouTube video of them, of them saying like, "This is why it's different." Sometimes things in a movie work less well in a video game, so that's why we changed it. <laughs> yeah, and I totally get that, and they're obviously really smart about games much like we talked about last episode peter mm. jackson with return of the king video game and mm. king kong uh they just don't make them like they used to it's true they really don't i'd argue they don't make movie video games at all almost anymore no they really don't and then when they do it's sometimes like an arcade game or yeah. it's just kind of crappy still like there truly hasn't been a really good one i can think of although sometimes they'll come back like 20 years later like that predator hunting grounds game we play yes that one's fun I, I think that's kind of like the perfect Predator game because there's not really any story. It's just online. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're four commandos and you have to fight. You're drugging pigs. <laughs> you have to cover yourself in mud. You got to mud up and hide <laughs> from the Predator and then find the Predator. and fight. It's just like, it's simple because like that's all the Predator is. <laughs> like I feel like 
that game is a better sequel in some ways or, or side cool than like a lot of the sequels are, which we'll, we'll get into later oh, this yeah. year. We'll get there. But yeah, I'm trying to think of the last like movie video game that came out and I feel like I can't like I don't I feel like I can't cite anything, which which is a giant bummer. Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't think there's anyone directly related to the movie, though. Like they make Sonic games. But it's not Sonic the movie, the game. Yeah. Um, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm going through the list. But anyways, go on. I just went on an extremely long rant, so it's your turn. (laughs) The Bane versus Neophyte, I really hate. (laughs) I don't honestly don't even really remember. I think it's it's supposed to be so scary, and I think what bothers me most is that actor trying to do a Hugo Weaving impression. Oh, right. Yeah, because just no one is... I don't think you like anybody doing a Hugo Weaving impression. Because he's the one who can do his own voice. Like, everyone else sounds stupid. Yeah. Like he has such like a very like cadence to his voice. He's even like being Mr. Smith. Like he has such like, he like changes his own cadence to sound like that. Because I think he sounds different as Elrond. He sounds like very like this as Mr. Smith as Mr. Right. Mr. Smith. And then other people impersonate it, and you're like, that sounds wrong or bad or dumb. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know. It just it really is, turns me whoever, off. Whoever. Bane is just like I don't know this actor like maybe it'd be more interesting if I knew the actor Cad Bane <laughs> yeah it's Cad Bane <laughs> what if it's like John Voight or something <laughs> <That'd> be weird <laughs> all right Connery Space Jam a new legacy video game came out last year oh thank goodness are you satisfied no but <laughs> and uh let's forget Friday the 13th the game oh, okay good but yeah most of them are games about older movies yeah so there's that jurassic uh world oh right park you're park right that is game. that is a direct movie game yeah uh, but that's about it yeah all right thank you you know what no problem thank you for jolting my memory because i was like i was like i feel like there's something but i'm just not remembering if we ever get a twitch channel going though we should play r.i.p.d the game <laughs> that's a thing <laughs> yeah jesus <laughs> I thought you were going to say Jurassic Park Dominion and we just like run a park into the ground because <laughs> that Oh, I mean, yeah, fun. that'd be fun. <laughs> Cuz I have the first one. Yeah. Um uh what I don't else? know what all the humans in this movie are boring. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, I it's kind of a letdown. I like Morpheus's arc because at this point he's still a believer but he's so like and Neo won't tell him what he found out at the end of Reloaded. Mm-hmm. He's like He's like, oh, I'm not the one. I can't tell you why, but like, I'm not the one. And Morpheus is like, you got to tell me. He's like, no, I can't. And it's like, why don't you just tell Morpheus? Yeah. Like, and then Morpheus is like, you're the one to me, dude. Yeah, so he's still believing, but then uh, the other captains are like, "What's? where is Neo? What's he doing? And Morpheus is like, I don't know what he's doing, but I know that he won't ever stop you know, until he gets there. So yeah. I don't know. Morpheus doesn't have a lot to do either, but at least I enjoyed what that was where his character is still steadfast like it would have been annoying if he just like lost faith in this and then yeah. came back to it he's kind of at least that's true to his character even like i'm kind of obsessing over this idea of just having like an odyssey adventure with the crew of the nebuchadnezzar just like flying to machine town and just like doing all this crazy stuff along the way and neo eventually telling morpheus what's going on or what the deal is and him kind of looking at him and be like i don't care like you're the one to me like i believe in you neo it's like it's not about the one whatever how many ones there are 
Like, I believe in you. Yeah, that would be honestly even more interesting for Morpheus's character because he's such a zealot mm-hmm. that maybe he learns that Neo truly is the one and that he's like completely one of a kind. Yeah. Like, as a human being. And like he's goes not beyond just prophecy. A, yeah, he's not just a prophecy. It goes beyond that. And he is just like <laughs> a real cool dude. Mm-hmm. You know? He's like, like, you're a good guy, Neo. I could share a beer with you, you know? <laughs> He's a he's a, the one that I could share a beer with. <laughs> I can split a joint with you. We just talk about stuff, you know, man. Share a beer, one bottle. Won't won't have separate bottles. <laughs> we'll have separate bottles. I bought a big one. <laughs> no, that is really interesting. Like to have some sort of thing like that, where his crew members are slowly picked off as they're going to get there, mm-hmm. and just spending more time doing that, and it ends up being Neo and Trinity at the end, yeah. and Trinity dies, and then Neo dies. Like, I like that at the end of this movie, but if it was, like, all the main characters, is like a slow descent into to hell, or mm-hmm. to Hades, or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it would river literally sticks. be the descent into, into hell and madness, into the machine town, and doing that whole thing, getting to the, the baby machine head, plugging in, then beating Smith. Which, you know, like, that's what the Odyssey, Odyssey is in some ways. It's mm-hmm. like he's not descending to hell, but he's going to. Odysseus is going through all these trials, basically just to get home. And his some of his friends are getting picked off and yep. turned into pigs, or <laughs> eaten yes. by big <laughs> sea monsters and stuff, yep. or seduced by harpies. Yep. Um, no. Putting spending these wax way in their too ears. long t- long of a time on an island with a woman that's not your wife. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hey, man, it was a different time, I guess. I believe that he hangs out with the Queen of the Amazons for that long. <laughs> he hangs out with the Lotus Eaters, too, I think, right? Oh, yeah. He's getting high. He's just Does having fun. Anyways, <laughs> not trying to get too granular with the Odyssey, but yeah. if if this movie was more like that, that would be interesting. And, like, Morpheus, I guess, would have to be on that journey, but he would have to leave them to go defend. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like the idea of him dying as, like, the last person dying, mm-hmm. but... I think I Hercules know. is on the Odyssey, and that could be Morpheus's type, where he has to leave to do something else at some point, where he's like, Zion needs me, like, I have to go, and, like, make that choice, even though he's like, I should be there for Neo, but I believe in him enough to let him do this alone. Yeah, anyways, this is just our... Fan fiction. 20-year-later punch-up, 18-year-later punch-up for a movie that was probably completely rushed into production. Oh, yeah. Um, made by two great filmmakers that... <laughs> We could never make the visuals or, or anything like they do, but I don't know. It's just interesting looking back. Yeah. It's just like, oh, don't, wouldn't you like, like that? I think that is a very compelling thought and it's still true to what the story is telling. It's just more engaging. And not to sound like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'd be up my own, but I always like speculating and like crafting stuff like this. We're like, oh, what if it was like this? And like just tweaking and talking about the what ifs. I always have fun with that. Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, there's. I guess we should go back to some things that we actually do like about this movie, just because yeah. that is the text, and we're going into like the could bees. Yeah, the should know? be, could bees, maybes. Yeah, but, uh, but let me go through my notes, see stuff that I liked. Uh, <laughs> I have a note that says rhubarb pipes are more powerful is more powerful than love. Uh, I like Machine Head. Oh, I do like the scene where they go over the clouds, like you talked about earlier. Oh, yeah, that part's cool. They see the sun. Yeah, and Trinity's just like, oh, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could see that being, like, cheesy and, like, not really earned in some ways. I feel like it's earned. They've never seen the sun before. Right, I know. I've just heard some people be like, oh, but they see it in the Matrix all the time or whatever. It's not the sun. It's a simulated sun. 
Yeah, so I guess they can even feel how it's different. Mm, you know? It's the heat. It's different. It's not ones and zeros. It's the sun. <laughs> it's light. Well, especially, it's real light. <laughs> I like the symbolism of that, of the ship going through the storms. It loses power, so there's no mechanical anything. It's just two humans seeing the sun. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no tools. There's no electronics at that point. It's just two people like experiencing something together. Yeah, just light. Yeah. Which is so good. That's... That's really great. I think Neo becoming blind becomes a little too like on on the nose <laughs> to describe a different part of the face. <laughs> but <laughs> but I do like because it's like oh he's like a false or not false he's like a blind prophet yeah. now and it's like come on that's a little too much like it's too too on the nose. But I but then again I like what ultimately ends up happening. I'm I'm glad that. Not glad because it's obviously sad, and I, I really like them as characters. But I think it's fitting that Trinity and, and Neo die. I agree. It makes sense. Most franchises, most franchises wouldn't do it either. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I don't know. It's like a Rogue One does that. I think a lot. Of, some people are really angry that everybody died in the end. Yeah, but I mean, they're still doing a prequel series with. Uh, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, with Jin. Uh no, with a uh, um, 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 what's his name? God, I can't remember his name. He's like the main, he's like the main rebel guy. Right, yeah. Jin's the girl's name. I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, um, Jin Urso. Jin Urso. It's a good name. <laughs> uh, you're saying? Oh, and like the way they both die is pretty unceremonious. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad they don't spend make it to like the death of the hero. I don't know. Neo's um, is pretty death of the hero. <laughs> you're right, but uh, well, he basically just like they they plug him in, and then he basically like just becomes overcharged and dies. Yeah, right? he like light explodes out of his face, and then right. like that dramatic like choral music plays. The machines like unplug and slowly lower him to the ground. And then Babyface says, "It is done." So I guess Trinity's death is a little underserved. Yeah, <laughs> she just gets stabbed with a rhubarb pipe. Which rebar? Rebar. Sorry, <laughs> another never rub a mit, another man's rebar. <laughs> so in that sense, I'm kind of like I feel like she was warranted more than that, but yeah, like she deserved a little better than that. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's like it's not like the machines are gonna kill her either. No, I don't know, but well, they certainly wanted then... to kill them really, really bad. I guess Neo's death is very like epic in a way, but then they just like kind of ride him off on a little <laughs> machine boat at the end, <laughs> never to like you don't really see him like laid to rest or anything. It's just like yeah, he's he's dead now. He's, yeah. There goes that body. They kind of just like push him off the cliff in the end, like the wires go bip bip bip. <laughs> or do they? Ooh, or do they just dun, dun, dun. plug them into a machine once again and resurrect him? Perhaps. Dun 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 dun. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say? I just, uh... We can went... talk about the battle a little bit more if you want. Yeah, but... we should, I guess. Yeah. There's the... The planet itself seemed really dumb to me. Drilling a hole into Zion and then letting all the little aliens come through the hole. I, I just didn't like the idea. I was like, this just is asking to be a bad plan. Well, they don't even really explain what the drills do. I guess just they just let the sentinels in. Yeah, but they make the initial hole themselves, don't they? I don't know. Because there's some guy in a drill, and then like he falls off. And I'm like, 
So he made that hole. It's intentional to like have like a shooting gallery with that hole. Uh, I'm not sure. Honestly, like I kind of like glazed over a little bit with the fight scenes. Like I didn't follow too closely on the plans because mm. it's just like uh, I forget. This is my least favorite part of the franchise. Yeah, it's just it's, it's just, just so boring. And it's kind of just like unsur- like surprisingly broy. It really it's very broy. <laughs> when everything else in this franchise so far has been pretty like relatively gender balanced mm. and even like androgynous and like the clothing styles and some of the characters and such it's just like now this is just like yeah dude blah, 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 blah. it turned yeah. into gears of war before gears <laughs> wish, of war i wish they had chainsaws on their mechs <laughs> that would have been good i wish they had bandanas on their heads <laughs> i have yet to play any of the gears of war games i shouldn't even be angrily joking like that <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I played them when they first came out, and even then, I thought it was kind of funny. But <laughs> it, it's very like broy. But yeah, I heard some some of them are good. That's why you too. Like they they seem really cool. I watched this guy do a whole like video essay about them, and I'm like, this kind of makes me want to play them. Like I have an Xbox now, I might as well like dig in and play them. The Locust Horde. Yes. General Ram. Words. I don't know why I still remember that. <laughs> Same words I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. What else do you want to say about the fight scene? It kind of just like, or the the battle. Like, I just, I, it just doesn't feel like something I want in the Matrix movie, anyways. I no, just no, don't, no. The, I don't really care. Like all the hand to hand stuff is the coolest stuff. I agree. I very much agree. Like and the mechs, mechs just feel kind of basic, and like, I don't know, reloading them. I don't really. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then and then Ammo Boy runs and like says the war's over. And yeah. It's just like I don't know who this character is really still, and I don't really care that much. Yeah, nobody cares. It's and like Zion is full of people you don't care about. <laughs> I feel like them all cheering just doesn't really work either, because I I feel like they wouldn't do that. I feel yeah. like it'd be more like holding each other and being like, oh my god, it's finally over. <laughs> yeah, or just like not even maybe even believing it, but yeah. it's just the instant like yub nub. <laughs> Zubapa doo doo. <laughs> yeah, they go back to the rave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, whatever. I'm just picking things apart at this point, but it just it just feels a little flat and generic at these points, and it's kind of disappointing because of that. Because the Matrix is such a amazing franchise to me mm-hmm. that it it feels like they just kind of like had to get this out. Yeah, especially you say it came out six months later. That's that's too rushed. They should have just really meditated a little bit more on what the third one should be. Or who knows, maybe they just had a clear idea in their head. And they're like, this is how we want it to end. Yeah, but I'm sure there's... I, I, I can only assume there was like a lot of pressure. Not to excuse it too much, but it's like... I don't know why studios do this sometimes. Like Looking at like The Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. you know, a movie I bring up way too much on this podcast... <laughs> Can't wait to cover it one day, but almost as much as I talk about Cold Lyoko. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's been so many times you've talked about it, and I've demanded almost every time for you to cut it out. So the ones that are still in, it makes you so mad. <laughs> it makes me so mad that you talk about Cold Lyoko, <laughs> just because the 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 characters in that look weird. They look cool. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm so pissed. I'm so fucking pissed. <laughs> oh, you're going to talk about uh, I Think You Should Leave in the mechs. Oh, yeah, right. So I did understand the reference that I think you should leave during the one of the openers. I have like a Scrooge, Scrooge, like Christmas special. But then like 
a guy teleports in from the future in like a mech suit with almost the exact yeah. design of the Matrix. And he goes, oh, Sam Scrooge, we gotta go fight the bonies! <laughs> and they're like mechanical skeletons. And he literally has like three scenes where he's just screaming and like shooting the machine guns off. And like, this sucks! Oh! <laughs> I'm like, I know the reference. I think now what they're pulling from that really. I never really put it together because it's it basically is just this movie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is my least favorite sketch of like all of. I think you should leave, but like now I understand the joke. Yeah. Well, I guess that was the Matrix Revolutions. Yeah. Neo saves humanity by negotiating peace with the uh, Sentinels Mm -hmm. slash machines. Some programs are becoming more intelligent and well, not more intelligent, but more aware of their of themselves as as uh, having their own identities and such. Individuals. Some of yeah, and uh, the next movie digs into that in I, what I personally think are pretty interesting ways. Mm. But um, and then Smith just kind of dies at the end, I guess. Well, maybe. <laughs> like. How does Neo stop him exactly? Uh, I believe he is incorporated into Smith, and then light explodes out of his eyes, and he dies. (laughs) So just like kind of very similar to the first Matrix. Yeah. Uh, He just shouldn't eat Neo. He should probably just murdered him. (laughs) Don't eat Neo. I guess the big baby face thing is called Deus Ex Machina. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Sure, I guess. I kind of hate that a lot, but okay. Excuse me. Um, Did you have a game you wanted us to play? I do. I just wanted to mention the big rainbow at the end and the oracle is like, everything's, we have sought peace because the architect meets up with with, uh, the oracle and Sati. Yeah. At that park bench and there's a big rainbow because peace has been found. And Sati's like, do you think we'll see Neo again one day? Maybe. The oracle says, maybe. And I like that as an ending because... As like a, just as a franchise ending as well because it, it and I'm glad that they didn't make a sequel like anytime soon after this, mm-hmm. um, just because I feel like that line would be cheapened. But I it, it builds on the idea of Neo as a character where it's like oh he could prob- possibly even transcend death. Yeah, he can transcend um, death. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he did a god among <laughs> us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it's it shows not even that as a power but people's belief in him being like whatever it gets too on the nose with like their religious allegory mm-hmm. but just the fact that like people believe that he could come back just shows how much he affected everybody in this world yeah well these multiple worlds the worlds of humanity and zion uh, and earth and machines um, the machines and then also the matrix mm-hmm. they're all they're all interconnected and yeah. i like that how they all have they can be symbiotic if they really wanted to be and it's I find true. that compelling. It is interesting, yes. Yes, indeed. Hmm. Anyways, uh, yeah, this movie kind of fails as an action movie, um, kind of fails as like a wrapping up of the series. So I do have a little game before we go. It's just naming Matrix sequels. Ooh, with an so, R. It has to be with an R. Because it's Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions, Matrix Resurrections. That's really hard to say fast. Uh, Matrix Ruination. (laughs) See? You said Ratrix. Damn. Matrix Ruination. Okay. Uh, Matrix Roomba. (laughs) 
Matrix, run it again. <laughs> Matrix, rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> Matrix, Rhine. Rhine? Rhine. Like the 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 Rhine in yes. Germany? Yes. It's a it's about a, a rave club on the Rhine. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Matrix. Uh uh I'm running out of ideas. The Matrix, Matrix uh, Republic. The, Ma- <laughs> the Matrix Ruminations. That's Ooh. that sounds like an sounds like an actual Ruminations one. does sound like yes. Matrix Revelations. <laughs> Matrix Reese's Monkeys. <laughs> Matrix recoded. <laughs> the Matrix repainted. <laughs> the Matrix. Uh, that's good that's it. Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix revarnished. The Matrix reshaped. The Matrix Rise of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> the Matrix Robotics. <laughs> That's so generic. <laughs> the Matrix Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> the Matrix Rock and Roll Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> the The Matrix. What's that movie called? Like Rock and Roll Rooster. What the hell is that movie? Yeah, you know sure. what I'm talking about. Yes. <sighs> it's not what it's called. Okay, your turn. Matrix Robin Hood Men in Tights. Matrix Robin Hood Prince and Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Prince of Thieves. <laughs> Matrix Returns. Matrix Return of the Jedi. Yeah. The Matrix Returns is truly like the worst sequel title. <laughs> right? It's almost like that was like they're in the board goes first guy says, What about Matrix Returns? And like that fucking sucks. The Matrix Rebirth. Ooh, Rebirth, that's good. Okay, I think we wore that one out. Okay. <laughs> that was a good, though. We we got some rapid-fire ones. Matrix rapid-fire! <laughs> oh, that is like a cool like video game or something. Yeah, that is. That's like the shitty first-person arcade shooter of Matrix. Co-starring Brandon Lee. <laughs> Ooh, nice. For my two rapid-fire fans out there. <laughs> um, yep, yeah, well... That's the Matrix. All yeah. of them. We did it. The Reese's, the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, all of them. <laughs> They're all there. You just have to all look hard it. enough. Uh, so I guess we can equally say, in summation, Matrix Revolutions is uh, a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. And it's action sequences. It's wrap-up of the story of Neo and Trinity and just the whole universe. But it still has its moments. I think it's definitely the least good one. It is. Drags, too much Zion stuff. Zion's too bleak. Everyone's cable knit sweaters are too bleak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to talking about Matrix Resurrections because if there's anything I, I don't, I, if there's anything I love the most, it's sequels that happen 20 years after the other ones. Very true. I'm looking forward to what you and our guest has to say about it. And our guest, Jacob Padilla. Ooh, a little early reveal about this movie. Early reveal because I'm pinning him to it. <laughs> he better be there. 
Well, um, good. Any other final thoughts, Connery? Uh, I wish it was more. I wish it wasn't a, so much about Zion. Uh, but for what it is... I wish it was less. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Less might be the appropriate word, actually. I guess more focused is what I really want. But I wish it more focused. But as it is, I I feel like I learn every time that big scale like war battles with characters I don't care about never really resonates with me. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't really work most of the time. Like I think it's effective in Lord of the Rings because even like Theoden you spent enough time with him mm-hmm. where you care and like he has a huge speech that's really cool. Yeah, you care about everybody there in Lord of the Rings. Like that's important. Like every single character that's at the battle is pretty pivotal other than like the generic soldiers. But it's at the same time that's the third film I mean, so is this. Yeah. So I guess it doesn't have any excuse. They just but have if a real, it's like, like rotating door of cast members in the Matrix. Yeah, right. Which is just a problem that you can't really get a- around sometimes. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that's the Matrix. Spin me around, right, baby, right round. Let it go down. Like a radio, baby, right? Wait, those aren't even the lyrics, huh? <laughs> like a radio, you talk into it. <laughs> like a podcast. <laughs> like a podcast. Turn your radio to franchise a clock. All right, we should leave before uh, I make this episode any worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true! <laughs> Connery, thank you so much for talking about this movie with me. Tyler, another, thank you so another, much. Another... Uh, first for you this movie yes it's very true i i always enjoy even if i you know even if i don't like the movie i enjoy having the experience of watching it so there you go i like that i can now say i've watched the whole matrix trilogy (laughs) and you understand that i think you should leave reference more important than anything else (laughs) that's the biggest takeaway Um, for me (laughs) and hey after we cover matrix resurrections we will have a new franchise that will be a first for both of us. Yes. Um, so, it will capitalize on all the themes we talked about in The Matrix Reloaded. It kind of will. <laughs> and The Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> yeah, and Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> uh, but it probably won't be as erotic as Matrix Reloaded. No, we'll not nearly as erotic. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Connery, thank you so much. Do you have anything to plug before we go? Uh, if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you'll also enjoy tabletop role-playing games. You should probably check out Starship and Paula. It's an actual play role-playing game podcast where me and four other friends play the Starfinder game. You can find us on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcast app. Tyler, thank you so much for talking about the Matrix Revolutions. What do you have to plug? Uh, I worked on a movie called Encounter that's on Amazon Prime right now, starring Riz Ahmed, Octavia Spencer, and a bunch of other... Uh, both long-standing actors and some new people that I think are pretty good, too. I don't know why I'm pitching this movie. Like, I directed it. I did not. <laughs> but I worked in the camera department, and but you're in a scene. work on. We worked in the desert. <laughs> Connie must always bring up that I'm in a scene, even <laughs> though I'm just in, like, a police vehicle, and you can't see me at all. <laughs> but it is in the movie. Yeah. It is in the movie. But uh, anyways, yeah, it's kind of a... It's a road movie. It's a... It's a sci-fi thriller in some ways, um, but I had fun working on it. Spent like it was like a road movie where I went on the road for like I don't know, like months, shooting in the desert, shooting everywhere. Uh, that's around the time when we recorded the Batman 
the first Batman franchise we did. Da, 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 da. I was recording that in every hotel room across the desert. But anyways, <laughs> that check that fun. out. Follow me uh, at Tiny Vice on Instagram for any photo shoots I've been doing. Follow us at the Franchise Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Email us at thefranchisepodcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, uh, compliments, <laughs> concerns. <laughs> Please give us five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. It'll help us to grow the show and share the show whenever it comes out. Like a We'd virus. Love to have more, we'd have, love to have more people listen to our show and be inducted into our Smith-like uh, virus. Yeah, our Smith-like virus. That's all I got. Uh, and thank you to Grayson Hansen for our artwork and Nick Verka for our music. And until next time, knuckle up! Ah! Ah! <laughs> reload! Reload! Ah! Ah! He won't go in! Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Ah!